0: Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, the guy with the bong and a dream and two chords and half of the truth, John Wayne, that's right, here I am back in Wayne Manor where I reside in the West Wing in the Studio of Evil, yes that's right, Studio of Evil where I am uh, eviling it up all the time every uh, day and hour and that's uh, where I record this this lovely podcast, along with the other ones that I do, and all the other stuff I do here in the Studio of Evil. Oh, man, excuse me. I'm loving, uh, love my office, studio, slash studio, whatever. Uh, very comfortable in here. I have uh, it all set up the way I want to. Very, very cool. I should give tours of the office one day. Maybe give a virtual tour. I don't know. If that sounds cool, somebody, like, tweet at me or message me, and uh, I'll do it if that sounds cool. But... Anyway, welcome everybody. I'm glad you joined me today. Of course, I have a nice big steaming glass coffee mug filled with coffee. That's right, my drink coffee, hail Satan mug. Thank you, Chris and Alicia Stamps. I am s- got the ma- I've got bu- Granddaddy's medicine just all piled up in a big, beautiful, beautiful b- green bushel within this bowl that i am smoking um of the bong the green lantern that's right today i'm taking some bong rippaza oh yeah that is a nice bong hit for you there, first thing in the morning. That's how we get it going here. You know that. Uh, so uh, welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back. Uh, if you're new, welcome to the show. Thanks for checking it out, especially if I just met you at a, at a convention or somewhere on the road. I appreciate you uh, checking out my show. I want to give a crazy, crazy shout-out, props, mad props, shout-out to my Patreon people. Thank you guys so much for uh, everything you do, for uh, being a part of my Patreon. It helps me um, tremendously and uh, I could not appreciate it more. Got to give some shouts out to some new members today. Shouts out, Sarah Taylor. Miss Sarah Draws. Oh, my goodness. she You heard her on the Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus podcast, if you are a, a member, uh, which we'll discuss that in a second. She's a talented artist, uh, extremely talented, getting you know Phil Anselmo and Corey Taylor to come over and sign her originals that she does. She's amazing. Check out Miss Sarah Draws on Instagram uh Sarah thank you for joining up and of course Rochelle Hammerick oh Rochelle Rochelle a uh a young woman's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk Uh, a little Seinfeld joke for you there Rochelle shouts out to you I love you so much thank you for your support always uh Rochelle's part of my my Atlanta crew, my Georgia peeps, if you will. Uh, her and Theedra holding it down. And uh, I can't wait to see you guys in just a, a few weeks, actually. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um, I will be there. So, Rochelle, shouts out to you. Thank you so, so much. And uh, shouts out to all of my Patreon members. Uh, guys, if you would like to throw a little so- extra support your Uncle Johnny's way, go to Patreon.com/slash John Wayne is dead, and you can select from one of the tiers I have available, and get all kinds of cool things with that. Also, you get access to the weekly Awesome Dude for Life Boner Bonus podcast, in which I talk to artists from around the nation and the world, 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 world. A lot of them that I meet uh, on the road or through. Uh, conventions and whatnot and you know a lot of times they're they're live in my hotel room uh we're firing them off um you know but then other times they're on skype so it's we're in like the 70s i think i just posted episode 77 so you get access to that weekly podcast plus all the back uh back 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 order slips all the back uh, episodes are there plus lots of cool videos and things that i put up on the wall uh, of songs and just just really cool things, and I'm I'm ex- gonna be doing some experimenting with some of my Patreon tiers here coming up. Um, just kind of watching some other YouTube shows and getting inspired uh, by some of that stuff. You know, I uh, I think I'm gonna incorporate some of my original sketches into my Patreon. In that, like especially for like the tarot cards, the original sketch that I did before it goes to the end. I, I'm thinking about doing high res scans of those. And putting those up available for Patreon members or, you know, maybe making prints. Or so. I'm, I'm trying to work out the uh, details, but that's going to be something up. That's one of the things up there. Like that stuff's not going to be anywhere else posted. You know, that you could see how I'm drawing this tarot deck and I'm taking it from basically where I do a pen, a pen sketch in my legal pad to where I have the completed uh, version all cleaned up and colored on my iPad. So... Uh, I'm thinking about that kind of stuff, that, like, but like I said, there's already a ton of great stuff up on my Patreon, so I am on the road constantly right now, so any little bit helps. I appreciate it. Uh, even if you want to just join the Dollar Beer Club for a dollar a month, you can uh, get access to the Awesome Dude for Life boner bonus podcast, and know that you are helping me out there to live and survive, and I appreciate it so much. Patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. So, this week, man, uh, this is another one of those short kind of weeks at home. Like a, It sounds like a layover at home. You know, I'm home for six days, I believe, um, or seven days. I leave again, just like last week, just like this past week when I talked to you guys. Uh, I leave again on Wednesday night, and I'm traveling this week to Virginia for Scares That Care. Uh, Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm super, super stoked for this. If you guys have, uh, if you're long-time listeners, first-time callers, you know that Scares That Care is um, an amazing, amazing event. It's a, a charity uh, convention and uh, run by Mr. Joe Ripple, who's an amazing dude, shouts out, uh, busts his ass, he and his team, to put this convention together. And they, they give three checks like away to families in need from this convention and these are like you know he he gets it done man he he raises a lot of good money and these people are walking away with uh, a life-changing amount of money that's very very much needed for them uh in their lives so it's a great great convention scares that care i cannot wait to get out there i'm gonna see a bunch of people that i haven't seen i'll see a bunch of people that i have been seeing and it's gonna be uh Great. You know, and that's scares it care. You know, it's a little background for me. I that was the first convention that I went to um as a pseudo vendor. Like I wasn't um I wasn't vending any of my stuff, but uh I had just this was like several years ago. I just gotten uh, Death Packs and Left Hand Paths was going to be published by Grindhouse Press, my first book through them coming out. Very excited. And uh I saw that, you know, Carrie, a.k.a. C.V. Hunt, had posted, you know, we're at Grindhouse Press. We'll have a table at Scares to Care this year, so blah, 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 come see us. And I, I was like, hmm, I wonder if I just asked if I could go, if that would be cool. You know, I kind of know Andy and Carrie. So, yeah, I messaged her and said, hey, is it, you know, I, I was thinking about going. What if I, would you guys care if I came up there and helped you guys work the table and stuff, kind of maybe pro- promoted my upcoming book? And, and they were like, yeah, absolutely. So... We had a blast and a half at that one. David Barbie was there, too. All All four of us were staying in this motor court kind of motel down the street. And uh, not all in the, not in the same room, separate rooms. But it was like uh, we had a blast, dude. Like, I remember David almost, like, knocked down one of the pillars. He just leaned against it. And it just came off of the ground that was holding up the, the awning. It was really fun. Uh, so I have such great memories from this show uh, of some of the ones I've been to. And, you know, like at that one, I didn't have anything. I just had my arc. Uh, my ARC copies of Death Packs, which are, um, what are those, Uh, advanced reader copy. Uh, So, you know, you give those to the reviewers and shit before your book comes out. Uh, but that was the first one I went to and I got behind the counter or the counter the, the table and I was talking to people and I was you know talking about all the grindhouse books because <clears throat> I knew so much about all the books on the table um, and it was a blast and I was like man this is this is it this is what I now now I know I can do this I gotta try I'm gonna try so that from that led to me going to days of the Dead Atlanta shouts out um, where I tabled with David Barbie again, the great David W. Barbie and uh, Michael Lombardo. all three of us shared a table. And that's that's when and I I've talked about this before that that day when I set up my stuff with all with them and I sat down at the table and it was about to open up and I just had this, I, I don't know, just like this come over me feeling of I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Who do I think I am? What I'm gonna sit here and sell books at this thing? I, I I'm out of, I must be out of my mind. I don't know what I'm doing. You see that initial like some kind of wave of panic or doubt and all of that wrapped up just kind of grabs you at the last minute. It was like that. But again, I gotta give a lot of credit to Mike Lombardo because, you know, I'm an outgoing guy. I like to talk as you know, I talk to everybody at the table. I talk to everybody anywhere. Um but I, I wasn't sure how to apply that until I saw Mike Lombardo do it at that days of the dead. And then it just clicked. And of course I've told stories about this. If you go back and listen to that recap of, of that days of the dead from several years ago, it's, it should be still in the feed. Um, man, we told, we had a great time. We talked about how we were singing bone thugs in harmony. We were like just doing all these riffing, these bits just off the cuff that made the weekend a lot more fun. And, and I, I kind of got my, uh, you know, I got my footing there. So I'm very excited always to go to Atlanta. But, you know, Scares That Care is the one that started it off. And and since it's such a great show, um, it's just going to be a fun time. And I'm super stoked uh, to go up there. So, hey, if you're listening and you are going to be at Scares That Care this coming weekend, um, whatever it is, the the end of the month here of uh, September, and if, if you're going to be at this uh, 2021 Scares That Care, Come up and see me, say what's up, come to the table, uh, grab a beer, let's have a chat. Um, You might, you know, find me outside uh, at certain times during the day, shrouded in a a mysterious cloud of smoke. Uh, You you know that's me. So, uh, yeah, come out and see me, and uh, it's going to be a great, great time. Scares that care on my mind, girl. So, I, uh, you know, so this week, you know, these few days home, it's been kind of like a... You know, a little bit of a re-entry, um, like, uh, you, you know, I, I kind of, like, I think I talked about this before. It's always good to have, like, a day of re-entry when I get back from the road. Sometimes I don't get that uh, luxury, I guess you could call it. It's a luxury, but uh, because I've got stuff I gotta, I have to, like, kind of immediately start doing. But <clears throat> if I can have, like, that day to kind of chill... Kind of chill, like, and I'm talking like not take the day off, not just like lay in bed all day, but take it easy, you know. Like, um, so we got in like Monday. Oh, you know, we got in at like uh, one in the morning, I guess technically Tuesday, like two a.m. And then I slept for a few hours and got up. And if you listen to the podcast, I said I just got up and I started doing the podcast. So I did, I did the podcast. I did some other editing, uh, some a light amount of audio editing and then i like did a minor bit of revision on my work and then i my work in progress and then i just started to read and just relax and i needed that and i i was so super tired and um I, yeah just all caught up with me i don't know so i you know take a long nap of course and uh, get back on the stick after that so i did get you know i didn't just laze out for the whole day i got i got some the stuff done that needed to get done but then for the rest of this week i've just kind of been looking at you know, what's on my plate and, and what I can clear off before I go on the road again. So I just picked up a, another new uh, narration gig for a book. Uh, I don't think it's been announced yet, so I will let the author announce that or we're, when it's done. But uh, picked that up and, and have uh, started that, you know, plowing away on that. My goal is to have that completed, uh, and up, you know, uh, for their approval by the time I leave on Wednesday, uh, to go to Virginia. So that's, that's what I'm doing. And then also, you know, if you've been following along at home with my, my tarot deck drawing, I am barreling to the end folks it's just a it's a barrel i i'm gonna count right now i have the cards in front of me of how many more i have left to draw one two three four five six seven eight and nine ferris has been absent nine times and that's how many cards i have left to draw now um and by say when i say that i mean draw the initial sketches of i you know like i was just talking at the top of the show my process of drawing these is i sketch you know the the initial drawing on <clears throat> just in pen and ink on my this legal pad i don't know why i just got to using legal pads for sketching some things one time and i just kept going with it i like it um it works for for me but yeah so then i I'm, i have to then you know i i move it into procreate on my ipad and then basically redraw the whole thing again but with all the detail and color and stuff like I said so but that's the first step I have to have the the, the sketch first so what I've decided to do and like I, I posted a bunch of this on my Instagram yesterday at John Wayne is dead where I am just I'm like determined to knock these cards out um you know this will be done definitely before I hit the road this may like I I would like the sketch to be these sketches to be done today um but I want to be realistic. I do have an, a meeting later and stuff like that, so I don't know how much time I will have to dedicate it to it. But I, it, they the, all those sketches will be done before I leave on Wednesday for sure, and then I can just concentrate on you know the final version of each card, and uh, I won't have to worry about did I sketch that one? Do I need this one? It's, they're all gonna be done. So I have nine more sketches to do. <clears throat> uh, sorry, I'm super stoked about that. Uh, very, very, very excited. Uh, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous and very exciting. Um, I mentioned uh, last week, uh, I think, um, I believe so, that uh, D&T Publishing, I did a, a shirt design logo type of thing for them. And they posted, uh, they posted it, and it, it looks very cool. I'm happy with it. They they seem happy with it, and uh, it's going to be on some shirts. I know that they're taking pre orders for sizes and stuff like that. So if you want to go over and follow D and T Publishing on uh, their Instagram and their Twitter and what and uh, whatnot, they. Posted a picture of it, and they are taking orders uh, through there. I think through DMs. So if you just uh, want to check it out, see what it looks like, or if you would like to order one of the shirts, please go check that out and uh, check them out as well. Uh, very cool to do work, do that kind of work for them. And uh, man, you know, I oh, what else I have been doing this week narration oh revising you know my western's done i i that's actually a little inside baseball that's like a part of what what i'm a meeting i have today is about so um i am done with that it is ready to be turned over and uh i i am um, i'm very happy with it and i th- i'm gonna have some ex- some extra things that i'm proposing that i want to put inside of this this novel so um I'm going to talk about that more on that later, but it's done. It's exciting. I'm excited. I'm also getting looks, uh, getting the cover images sent to me for my, uh, book that will come out before the Western, uh, the Cadillac man. And it's looking great. I'm excited for that to come out. And I can't wait to tell you all about it when I get a solid release date. And of course I have something very special planned for some pre-orders for that kind of like what I did, what I did with the dice, um, and the, the the 12-sided die the d12s for mage of the hellmouth I will also be doing something similar um of course not dice but <clears throat> it'll be something very cool so stay tuned for that now um what else am I doing um i don't know you ever just like uh i just uh, i've been feeling like sloppy lately just a little bit and i i just uh and i know like i'm i know i exercise and do all that stuff uh stay in shape or try to stay in shape but like you know you just look at stuff like get, get get it together you sloppy bitch and i know people are like well, what are you talking about i know but fuck it save it everyone has their issues with their body or wants this or or like that to be the better or this to be more this everybody has that so give me a break I, I also like to keep, you know, I just like to keep this ass in business. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to, I'm just thinking about like, a, I'm going to do like a leaning out, I believe. Like, not like a too much lean in my cup, which I will. Houston, you know, Dirty Third, Third Coast, Purple Drink, shouts out. But I'm going to try to do some leaning out, you know, um this next couple of weeks and see if I can't, uh, uh, you know, yeah you know, with this uh with this boy into shape a little bit better, uh you know, I, and it's uh it's interesting because I do exercise a lot. I do yoga twice a week with my sister Carrie. uh shouts out at Feeling Fit with Carrie. Check out her schedule up there on our Instagram, and you could join too. It's awesome. I'm do I love doing yoga. but I think also not, see, I had like a labor job before that was my last day job I had. And it's not that I'm more. Well, I'm I'm more se- Uh, just still, I guess, or sitting. What's that word? I'm a writer. Uh, not sentient. Uh, sent. Uh, something. It's an S. People are screaming it at my. Uh, your computer hardware's right now. Uh, sedentary. That's it. You know, I I don't really sit around a lot. Uh anyway but it's certainly a lot more than i did when i worked a day job so that also has something to do with it i'm not walking around as much i'm not like lifting stuff i'm not engaged in a physical activity for pretty much eight to ten hours straight every day um so yeah all those things make a little bit like make a difference but uh we'll see these are just things on my mind you know that i'm thinking about the schedule thing guys i've been writing down my hours uh like i talked about last week and um keeping track of you know not 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 trying to schedule things like from this time to this time I will write from this time to this time I will revise. Just like when I'm doing those things, writing down the how long I spend on each. Like when I stop or when I start and when I stop. And I kind of been taking notes like what I got, like what exactly I did. Like I I wrote two chapters or I you know it was revised two chapters wrote you know twelve hundred words like something like that. Like you know I put that in there so I kind of know see that as well. And can compare it, and uh, it's it is it's helpful. It's definitely eye opening a little bit to where I was like, oh wow, I that's how long I was doing that for. Like, you know, it's uh it, it's working. So shouts out to my man Austin Havikin who uh, who told who uh, suggested that to me, and and it's a great exercise. And uh, more on we'll talk about uh, him a little bit later. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. So like I said, the rest of the week I've just been getting ready to hit the road again, trying to get all these projects uh off my plate or certain things into these finishing stages get the cards done uh get this narration gig done um I will continue back doing um, As Seen on TV, my book that I started a few weeks ago when I'm done, or two weeks ago, when I'm done with this one. I'll go back to that and, and help hopefully get that wrapped up pretty quickly as well so that can be out there. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. It's been getting getting ready, gearing up, uh, ready to hit that road again. Me and Nick P. heading up to Scares at Care. Uh, you know, trying to keep my inventory straight. I came home to a of course like you know story of my life or somebody's life or just a story um every like book order that i have coming always seems to get here without fail the day after i leave like we always leave on a wednesday night and it's like these thursdays like the last two in a row or something just went boom that's when my books come now i haven't really been in a bind it's not like i was waiting like oh i have nothing um but, you, you know, just I just would like to have a little bit more. But it all worked out. I wasn't, like, left in the lurch or anything. But I came home to a uh, box of 100 more books and uh, had to put in an order for some more. So, v- very exciting and very dangerous. Check it out, getting all that stuff together. So, yeah, I am getting better with my inventory stuff uh, as well. Or uh, trying to, like we've talked about here in the past. So, uh, I think we will move along to our... Three-card tarot reading. Uh, as you know or do not know, I do a three-card tarot reading on myself before every episode. And then I sit here and just kind of talk it through with you guys, uh, go through, um, talk about what I, I was thinking about, what's on my mind, and then look at those thoughts through, like, the prism of these cards. And um, so we're going to take a look at that. Well, first, um, <clears throat> things of the, you know, what I wrote down those on my mind, you know, is time management. Um, uh, uh budget conscious management uh especially on the road uh um focus uh and balance and um of course you know just uh keeping a positive mental attitude through all things um uh, you know i i generally pretty good at that but sometimes things can just get you Uh, get you you in a funky funk, you know what I mean? A little funky bunch, something like that. So just something I I wrote down to keep uh, on my mind. So I am am mindful of it. So I'm not, you know, I I might have slipped here a couple of times, gotten a little moody, but, uh, you know, not like brooding, like uh, emo moody, you know, not like yelling and shit like that. But anyway, it happened. So I'm focusing on that, or that was on my mind. So let's get into it here. Okay, so... Um interesting. Last week we got um <clears throat> excuse me, all pentacles, I remember. Uh cards. This week all cup cards. Very interesting, I find. You know, we know cups, that's our feelings, that's our emotions. Um that's, you know, goes all the with all of that, our love, our our, you know, our mindset, you know, our thoughts. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And this is, I even used a different deck uh, than I used last week. Uh, not because I was, like, anticipating something like, oh, I don't want to get all, you know, whatever this week. It just happened that way. So interesting, very, very interesting stuff. So first card we get is the Knight of Cups, and that is in the reversed position. Uh, so when, you know, we the knights are also, like, a card of action, you know, typically, um <clears throat> moving forward that's also m- more uh that in the upright position but um when it's reversed like this you know this is tapping into our creativity as well it's saying that right now like we're in a a, a state where we're open to a, a lot of creative um uh inspiration and you know we uh, in, in there including there like possibly some very big project that you're looking at, um but you're not acting on it just yet, which is good because um oftentimes what this card suggests is oftentimes we can uh, be disconnected from reality in that um we're we're taking an overly ro- we're romanticizing uh life in this way where where it's disconnecting us from reality. Um, that I, that resonates hard with me because I, you know, I always, I believe I'm creating my own reality as I go anyway. And like, I'm manipulating the chaos around me, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, but I also being a writer, being an author, I do attach this romantic, you know, this romanticized thing to, uh, stuff. And, and I, I, wor- the only thing that gives me pause of that is like, or at least I'm glad this came this card came up because I like, can at least it's another ego check for me. That's what it is. So I I can just be like that. Ah, remember that? That that's uh, maybe we're getting too, uh you know, we think we're in a fucking you know, Anne Rice vampire novel right now. Let's just chill the fuck out and like how is this you know, take a step back and see if this is actually one of those things or it is Reality, or maybe it, you know, I we do that because we're trying to stay disconnected from reality or a certain aspect of reality. I don't know, but very important to note. I feel so, like, again, because of that, while we're approaching a new project right now, uh, we we just want to let it simmer for a little bit, ground. Uh, make sure that we can ground this idea, uh, you know, make it a concrete, real thing. Make sure this is something we can bring to fruition. And, like, those are the things that we need to think about before we act, um, you know, is cost, time, like, the recent, what, do, what do we need, who do we need, uh, What what is this going to look like, how is this going to affect my life from here through the next few weeks when I'm working on it, all of these things, like, that oftentimes when we're in that spontaneous mode we we just oh, we'll look at those and be like we will figure it out as we go you know but this one for this is such saying you like take a step you know uh let's chill let's see what's up don't don't jump right at this one ground yourself like i feel like this card is like very much saying like you need to get grounded or make sure we're staying grounded um it's easy to get caught up like in, in excitement and like the emotions of a situation and everything and you know i'm always out there i'm on i'm on just going 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 sometimes you can build build it up and really i guess have this disillusionment that this card is alluding to so and it's, it's not your fault we're just getting caught up in that emotion but now we need to say okay i need to you know, tether tether myself to uh, the ground a little bit here. Uh, also, important to note, um, with this card, it's saying, you may be in a mood, sulky mood. Didn't I just say, like, emo mood earlier? Um, well, that hits home. It's, you know, and it's just, like, letting your emotions get the better of you um, is basically what it is. Like, I, I, for me, I can say, I pinpoint it to... I can usually pinpoint my little spirals in from where what was the kind of you know key or the the linchpin was pulled that set set it into motion. I can usually track back to what those things are, and oftentimes they aren't really big deals. It, it, it's just like uh, mostly because I'm just like t- maybe holding too much in it, or just taking it taking it, and then I feel like boom, I just like something, somebody says something, I see something, I read something and I just start to start to go. So we, again, this is another part of this card. We need to look at grounding ourselves, you know, keeping our emotions in check and, and not let them get the better of us in situations, not let us ourselves get carried away in the excitement and emotional, uh, f- fevered emotion of, of, uh, of the time that you're in of the moment. And, uh, you know, be sure that we're acting in a way that's of course, in our best interest and is keeping us on our uh, path to our ultimate goal. Um, next card, Ace of cups. this is in the upright position. All the ace cards are truly great. We know that. Um and when we get the ace of cups in here, this is basically telling us that this is a great. we're open to a lot of love right now. <clears throat> you know we're we're just, we're feeling it. We're giving it. It's flowing. We we feel oh like just full, that's full of love. Like we can't help but love everyone that we see. Ah, uh, we're seeing people with whatever. Something sparking like great memories or great you know re uh, you know reintroduction. Whatever has happened, we're in a great place uh, of love right now. Um. So because of that, this card is saying you know look be receptive to uh you know creative projects or uh being creative through using this like this this emotional inspiration that that you're so in tune to right now um you know it's uh it's it's just you know it's there we need to use these are things that only happen in short bursts right i i've talked about this before um of course you know this is not like you know we set the card and that's how it's gonna be you know it's like everything's already always in flux everything's always just an art of balance and spinning plates you know and you can't just like I say set it and forget it it's all you're always moving you're always having to go take care of this now keep that one going and and, and it, it gets easier hopefully but um you know we uh we just have these moments where if we really can catch, you know, cash in on that in a sense of like, or capitalize on it by being open to whatever these ideas are when we're in these creative states, and actually actively using that emotion to to, to kind of bring that idea through or to you know spark the the flame or fan the flames of the embers, um, because it's uh, you know we'll see different work, our emotions will you know, it'll be an emotional heavy thing that we're creating, but it will be entirely genuine and possibly very cathartic. So, you know, this is, this is something to think about, you know, with this card, we're think about how the people that you love to be around, the good feeling that you get from them, the good feeling you're giving to them. And, uh, you know, just, just be open to love, uh, right now. And this, I'm not saying this in the sense of romantic love. Uh, of course you can apply romantic love to this. I mean, love just for everyone. Um, even people we don't meet, you know, give, we, we need to be walking around with an open heart as much as an open mind to just be there, you know, for, for, for somebody or for whatever it may be. Um, you just never know. So right now this is telling us to just stay open to those uh emotions that love, let it flow, flow from you and through you and and look for look for inspiration and, and creative endeavors brought about uh using these kind of emotions while we have this this time of uh experiencing them like this. So, next card, the 9 of cups upright. Upright 9 of cups. I like this this card is like a dude, he's like sitting on his Bench and in arms folded, and he's all like, looks all like, hell yeah, I did this. And there's all these cup, like the cups are all behind him on this like curved railing or something. It looks really cool. Uh, but yeah, so looking at this card, just you know, it, right off the bat, you can see like, like I said, he has this look on his face, like he's like, yeah, so yeah, man, he's content, he's happy. This is about emo- emotional fulfillment, right? We just came off all this love that we have going on. Now we're saying like, you know we we are full of that love uh and we are not only that we have this emotional contentment now we have this fulfillment on some level um we are appreciative of it and are, are need are need to or should be expressing you know our appreciation for these things so it also with this card it's it's saying that we're we're content in in a very balanced way like we have at this moment, in this moment, a, a lot of our shit together, if you will, the plates are all spinning with minimum running around trying to do that. Just everything is just in a good flow right now, uh, and and including y- you, including the emotions flowing through you, and 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 then your work is showing it. These are the things like when you get all this stuff in line and you let you know, like your intuition flow, you keep all that open. Like these, you'll be surprised how much things just kind of fold into each other as you go. Um, the uh, so they they also call this card is I don't know this card is called a wish card because it like it's a it can be a sign that like you know your wish has come true or or if you're waiting for some wish to, to happen it's it's going to come soon and I don't mean like well I wish for a million more wishes I mean like if you're a, a wish in the in the figuratively I guess where you're like I wish to be the best writer and. So I've been working my ass off to do that, and, you know, maybe because of all that, your thing is, like, that your novel gets picked up. So it's thinking those terms, not like, I wish for a million dollars. You know, also this is saying, you know, because, because this is such a good thing, because we're so content, don't be afraid to reward yourself or, you know, again, uh, you know, take a little time to celebrate your accomplishments. Don't go crazy, but... Give yourself permission to live in the moment and kind of just indulge yourself a little bit uh, without feeling guilty about it, Uh, you know, and and the but a huge underlining thing for this, again, is like this is a window of time when we're going to be feeling this contentment. This is not everlasting contentment. You know, this is a thing that we have everything going good right now. We feel good and we should appreciate like show gratitude we're thankful to have it like this thankful for like the trials and tribulations we came through to get here what we learned thankful for the people who've helped you thankful for your opportunities just make sure that we are at least acknowledging that to ourselves um very important and um it's uh especially if like we're having a hard time maybe we're slipping into negativity and how it's a hard having a harder and harder time to see uh, good things in the day, uh, every day when you wake up. So this can help with this. If you just the, even the smallest thing, be like, man, you know what? I got a royalty check today and a royalty payment and it was $2 and 32 cents. And, uh, man, that, you know, that can be disheartening, but you, you got paid, somebody paid you money for doing what you love and what you want to do. And you could, you know, who's nobody sent you $2.37 today, you dumb bitch? You know, like that's what you got to think about. That, and that's that can be one of the things that, like, some of these ne- things that we look at as a negative. They're actually very positive, and we can count those as positive things, and that's going to help it get us back on track. Help get us back on track. Tre- it's going help, <laughs> to help to get us on that gratitude train there that we need to make sure we're doing. And also, again, like I said, limited, limited, limited. Um, I mentioned the dude sitting on the bench. It's a wooden bench, and it's a wooden bench on the card on purpose because you ever sit on a wooden bench with no back on it? maybe it's like ver it's it's cool if you've been walking around like like i don't know like a disney world or some shit and you're all sweaty and you got your fucking fanny pack on because you're a weirdo and your kids are screaming and you hate yourself and you're going to throw yourself into the pirates of the caribbean ride uh but you're before you do you sit on this bench and it's it feels so good just to sit down and uh man it, you know you just start to everything starts to relax but it's a wooden bench with no back so you're not going to remain comfortable for long. Um, eventually, you're going to have to get up, turn around, and throw yourself over that railing of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. And uh, and that's going to be it, you know, because these things are temporary. Uh, these are temporary moments, and we need to acknowledge that and uh, appreciate them. So that is our reading for the day. I really got a lot out of that. I hope you did as well. Um so, uh, you know, like I said, my tarot deck is, is coming out soon. Ho- hopefully, I am uh, barreling to the end of it. So, thank you guys for, uh, you know, listening with me. I hope you enjoyed that uh, as well as much as I did. So, next thing I want to talk about, the awesome dude for life, Boner Bonus, the podcast. Um, that is the podcast I talked about earlier that's on my Patreon, patreon.com slash dead, And that's where, like I said, I talk to different people people and the different disciplines of the arts and um it's a great conversation every week uh you know but here's like an, and so i usually play like a, a an excerpt from this week's show uh this week's uh like awesome dude for life boner bonus co- podcast show so that you know i give you guys the john wayne lights you listeners a little piece of uh who this person is you know maybe they pique your interest you'd go Follow them, check out what they do. Maybe you want to listen to the whole, uh, hopefully you want to listen to the whole episode, so you jump over to Patreon and sign up for one of the tiers. Um, and and that's uh, how I've been doing it. So, on this, the last episode, the recap that I just did, I uh, I did a, a podcast, I'd done one, uh, an Awesome Dude podcast with my friend Austin, And, uh, I'd set it up like, yeah, I'm going to, so here's Austin. We talked about this. This is a great talk, blah, blah, blah. Here is, you know, here it is. And when I finished up and went back to get that audio so I could put a piece of it into the show, it was gone. I don't know what I did, but it's like, I ha I fucked something up because, uh, I used audition. I remember we were, I mean, we might've been a little faded when we were doing this, but that doesn't. That's not an excuse for what happened. I I don't know what happened. I thought I saved it. Um, I might not. I might have hit like a when you close out audition. The way Adobe audition works, it saves like each take you do, every file, like all this shit's there. If you want to ever go back and and use something that you accidentally deleted or removed, um, it's all there. So it saves all of this stuff in a certain way. I might have like done like a, when it asks you if you want to save. There's all these options. It's like no, yes, no to all, yes to all. I might have hit the wrong one because I have the 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 session, but you open it, and it's it's saying that like it's missing the the there's something that's not linked to the file that needs to be that's been removed or is missing. And that I don't know what I did. I've tried to open it a billion times and do a billion different things, but it looks like I have lost that podcast. So uh, <clears throat> I went back and just, Took out the parts where I I, I set it up last week because uh, I didn't have any audio to put in there. But because of that, um, I went ahead and put another show up there, and uh, they I didn't get a chance. I didn't know what I was going to do, so I didn't get a chance to put the you know them into last week's episode. So I'm going to do that here. We're actually going to have two little excerpts to uh, for last week's episode and this the current week uh, episode coming up. Um, The first person I talked to, a very cool dude, uh, across the pond in jolly old England town, or Britain, whatever they call it over there. Uh, Great author, great guy. We had an awesome chat. Uh, He'll definitely be back because it was easy for us to just talk and shit, and he was very, very cool. Uh, Jonathan Butcher is his name, and writing horror and being British is his game. Uh, So check out a little bit here of... uh, me and Jonathan Butcher. Each you other. know, you write, you write horror. You write some splatter stuff, right? Like that in that kind of vein. Um, what's your latest out right now that that people can get? And tell us a little bit about that.
1: I haven't released anything for a long ass while. We talked about my uh, work in progress um, mm-hmm. on Chris and John Wayne. Um, Talk about but, that then. Or, okay, or fine. I was going to go for an older one, but the new one is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's about yeah. a poop demon. And wow, it's, yeah. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I, I described it on the other show as um, just the Candyman, but instead of bees, it's human feces. Um, and yeah, it's hopefully going to be about in the next maybe three months or so. It's um, the origin story of a pretty gross short story that I wrote uh, about five years ago called The Chocolate Man. Um, And this one's, I guess, just the chocolate man novel, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's possibly going to be the most extreme thing um, that I've ever done, but in a more of a fun way than the other extreme stuff that I've done. But um, I basically I read about four paragraphs of one particular scene to my girlfriend and gave her a nightmare. So Uh I I chalked that one up as a a pretty good sign that it's going to be it's going to be gross. Uh, Basically, it's about um, a guy. (laughs) who uh, 22 years ago um, was at the center of a grotesque double homicide. um, And it has double murder uh, and it's haunted him throughout all all these years. And it's coming up to a very significant um, and horrifying anniversary. And it's about all of the things that happened to him and his family. Um, And spoiler alert, it's not very nice.
0: So, um, First of all, it sounds awesome. I'm I'm very excited. I love the Candyman uh, analogy, but I don't know if I don't if we touched on this. I don't remember talking about it, but I am interested in it. So you said this was from an, based on a, an original sh- a short story that you wrote originally, and then Correct. you and then now you've blown it out into like a novella or novel length or or, or whatever. Yeah, Have you well, done me- that a
1: lot? Never. I've never no. done that before. But Kreb, who is the Chocolate Man started off, um, as just a stupid character that me and friends made up. We, we, we make short films, upload them to YouTube. Just, just mm-hmm. for fun. Um, oh, and oh, yeah. my, yes. maybe 10, 15 years ago, long time ago. Now, uh, we just got together and I created this, uh, stupid sort of inbred, uh, rural, um, poop loving, disgusting degenerate. Um, And it made uh, me and my friends laugh so much that I just did it in like video diaries. Like I lived over in Australia. I did five episodes of Kreb in Australia. I did a longer one while I was in Korea acting as him. And then when it came to writing um, an anthology, which was chocolate themed, I thought, well, you know, I'm going to interpret this in a Jonathan Butcher way. And I'm not going to write about some kind of delicious, sweet, you know, dairy candies. I'm going to write about poop. Um and I turned that stupid character <laughs> into a shit demon, essentially. Um and I still think it's one of the best stories that that I've written. Um I think it's a really fun, really gross one. But this time I just thought, okay, let's let's just pull out all the stops and make it as sludgy and slimy and just reprehensible as I possibly can. So that's next on the cards. So that's awesome. So when is it is it is
0: the The new work, a longer version of the short story, or is it just like this is set the, the world up and now they're they're independent of each other?
1: yeah in in, no, no, in okay. the short story kreb is already this almost like urban myth style entity um mm. where in that one if you call his name well i won't i won't give it away but i i think the twist is quite cool but essentially he that people tell stories about him and no one quite knows whether he's like a ghost or a, a monster or something in between or whatever so mm. i wrote this so that it can still exist in the same world but it kind of gives you much more about his origins um and also shows how how horrendous a creature he actually is. Yeah. That was the plan. Very, and, uh, but cool. what I really love about it is that I, I kind of want people to be confused when they're reading it, whether they should be laughing, whether they should be horrified, whether it's just stupid, badly written junk, or whether it's actually pretty damn good. I want people to be confused <laughs> and not know how to review it, <laughs> basically. <laughs> that's my In a word, such a dumb idea.
0: confused. <laughs> yeah. see the thing the 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 best reviews you'll get for stuff like that is where people are like this is this is disgusting but so well written that it's compelling and then that's 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 the best you can you can hope for with those those kind of things um the
1: the short story was well received um in general but recently i got a two-star review and someone just said it's about shit if you like shit you'll like this and it was like i could hear him going for fuck's sake why did i read this shit (laughs) So I quite liked that review, despite it being two stars. I was like, you know, he's right. You don't have to like poo. but if you do like Pooh, you'll definitely yeah. like this. Now,
0: does that does that uh, stick in your craw for long periods of time? Like that review, does that bother you at all? No, or, I love it. Or how no, do no, you take no. it?
1: Yeah, no, no, not, not at all. Uh, I've never actually had a, a, a review that's like pissed me off. To be honest, mm. I mean, I don't like it if people just like drop a one star review on there. That you know, but you got to take it all. Yeah, take it all on your back the reviews are for readers you know and quite often if someone writes a one-star review and says this is the most disgusting thing i've ever read for some people they'll be like hell yeah i need to read this exactly yeah
0: that's what like chris and i have talked about where you know especially with extreme horror you get a one-star review because it's so extreme that's great like you're you did your job and the people that are there to read extreme horror will see that and be like oh cool i should get that one then you know so yeah, that that's the thing. And like uh I just talk about this other people. I that kind of shit will bother people like, but this is like just a callus that you build up uh doing this uh in this career, you know, especially submitting everything and all the rejection there, and then when you get shit out there, be prepared for that and, and it doesn't mean anything. Um it's just there and you have to go with it and and some people just like get really uh in their head about that sometimes i i see and i'd also don't i'm not um <clears throat> and if you've done this i don't i mean i don't care no judge but i personally don't understand that posting on social media of your of a bad review where you're like haha yeah. look at this one star review so-and-so gave like my, me and it's like why did you what is this for for us to well, say, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh, bullshit no, no, like no, that. it's no. it's not. No, no, no. It's not a name and shame thing. This is tons of authors do this. I see this mm. all the time across Twitter. I, I can't even pull anybody's name uh, mm. specifically, but I see this a lot. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, is this just supposed to be like for us to go like good now? Fuck them. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, who cares? They didn't like your I book. Think- I give fuck.
1: You know? Yeah, for some folks, it probably is that that you know they've done this. It's not their confidence a little bit, so they want a little bit of the group to say, "Oh no, it's okay," and to like stroke yeah, their yeah. hair and rub their back a little bit. But and I, if I, get, I got I a really that. funny one, then I might I might post it, but it wouldn't be to try and get people to to make me feel better because it's just right. part of the job, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Funny ones are uh, like almost a different category, mm-hmm. but just like look at that side anyway aside from reviews i i it's interesting about uh turning like a, a shorter s- story into a work i um yours like that one you said like it's based you created the world and now you've kind of branched off and which gives you like infinite you know possibilities you can continue writing a series based on that or or loosely tie things together, which is very cool. I always like that kind of shit across like you know author's work uh the conjoined universes that are there, but you don't have to know they're there sometimes um yeah, but fine. i i was Sorry. Go oh, on. go ahead. No, no, go. This oh, is gonna gonna the this, <laughs>
1: um I've written a few stories that all take place in the same fictional city. Yeah. So that's about as far as as I've gone. And there's like a really like uh, I've written a book called The Children at the Bottom of the Garden, which is probably some of my best writing, but it's my least least popular book. Um, but some of the things that happen in that are referred to in other in other stories. Um, but as you say, it's it's best to do it so that you don't have to know about these 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 other ones and these other events. And it's just, you know, if if people do, it's like an Easter egg, I guess. Yeah, it's very cool. I I
0: really dig that kind of shit. When I I did um Ant Poster, which was my like new bizarro author series book that that I did, that was actually a short story that I had written beforehand. And I was like I had written something that I was like, this is what I'm gonna pitch for for fucking new bizarre author series this year. And I pitched it and uh, Garrett came back like very quickly. and was like, this is good, but I have something like this already. What else you got? And I was like, um, how about a story where uh, a kid comes of age by fucking a poster? That's his aunt. And he's like, (laughs) go with it. I love it. And I was like, (laughs) all right. Um, Was that actually off the top of your head? No, I had the short story written. Oh, okay. But, but I was like, it was just a short story. It wasn't for like, I hadn't even submitted it anywhere yet, but I just, I had it and I think it was like, I don't know, 2,500, 3,000 words at most, you know? And then I just had, I went and had to like, okay, let me expand this out and, and uh, pull everything apart and, and make it, at least novella size so
1: it, it's uh, a wicked idea for a story but i kind of liked the idea of you just kind of like i don't know if you've seen the the early family guy episodes when they're like stephen king what have you got he's like uh oh, it's about uh, a monster. lamp monster <laughs> yeah and you just being like there's a poster and a, a dude fucks his mm-hmm. aunt in it or, yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no i we we uh, i i had to i have to give credit to my buddy uh code man i was working at a starbucks at the time when i came up with this and he and i were closing one night and this came about because, see, I told you I'd pull us off on a billion tangents on the show. I had a, in, in a, I had a poster there hung up on the community board for a show I had coming up that my band was playing. And it was like a poster of like this kind of like sexy uh, woman, but with like a rabbit head, um, but a, like a sexy body in a, in a bikini or whatever, drawn like a, a cartoon, not a real photograph and you know it's very art you know whatever and it's got our name like the name's all around it <clears throat> and this guy kept this one customer like came over and said something about it complained to me about it one day and i was like yeah sorry that's yeah it's too bad like i was i was just kind of like giving him the brush and stuff he's like i don't know if uh you know that should be up there my daughter could see that and I was like, a lot of daughters see that, you know, I just, you know, I always give like sarcastic comments. And I was the manager, so it didn't fucking matter. So he was like, you, you know, you think you can leave that up? You're going to leave that up there? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to leave it up there. He's like, oh, okay. And he went over and he put something over it, like, you know, another magnet, like something. And I, you know, I was like, fuck, yeah, you took good. it down. But the thing was, he came in that night when Cody and I were, were closing. I saw him walking up. I was like, oh, dude, dude, this is a guy that hates the poster. And I made sure it was all prominent and shit. <laughs> he, he was all like. Still so got that poster up, huh? I'm like, yep, yeah, show's coming up.
1: <laughs> he's like, he gave
0: him a boner. He was uh, embarrassed. He, he was like, how aroused. He was. Yeah. So I, I, you know, of course, we give him a rash of shit. He leaves, and then we start riffing on this idea. I was like, yeah, that guy, like, has a. He just wants to fuck that poster. He wants <laughs> to go home. He's so aroused that he can't stand looking at it, and you know, he's got to pass the buck. <laughs> He wants to go home and fuck that rabbit, that cartoon rabbit, and he's stroking off right now in the fucking car, looking at us in the eyes, thinking about it. And uh, and then I think Cody was like, "That'd be funny if like the the that was his aunt in the poster." I don't know how we got on that, but then we <laughs> then we start riffing down that hole, and then it became like the not his aunt is in the posters, aunt is the poster. Anyway, it's a bizarro story as you could tell, but uh, yeah, that was one of those weird, weird ones. Um, I love
1: story origin stories, like how how you know weird ideas came about because quite often they don't they don't have an interesting story yeah but when one does i love i love hearing that that's cool
0: oh yeah yeah a lot, yeah a lot of times you're like you know what to yourself and like write in your little dear diary today i said you know what and no one was there again so i came to you <laughs> so all right so you are uh in in england not right you're mm-hmm. Farm, very far yep, southwest
1: uh, southwest of England, uh, a very farmy, rurally area, despite the fact that at the beginning of the lockdown, I was living in a big old gray, ugly industrial city, but packed with great shit to do. But when everything shut down, I was like, fuck, this place is ugly and it sucks. I'm going to have to leave until things open up again. <laughs> so yeah, now, are, are you drinking Nikki,
0: tea? Is it high tea time right now?
1: No, the first Should one be, was oh. uh, whiskey with a big old uh, shot of coffee in it. And the oh, other okay, one was good. just water.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, oh, is it tea time? I, I would have, I pulled out like a whole set and shit? Like that <laughs> put on a top hat. <laughs> all right. There we go. That was a little bit of Jonathan and I. Check out uh, the full episode at patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. And be sure to check uh, Jonathan out as well at all his social media. Now, um, our second little uh, thing we're going to hear is from... Uh, Now, Jonathan's episode was the one I put up last week, so that is up there. The one that will be up this week is uh, one in which I talked to my uh, very dear friend, Mr. Wesley Southard, uh, and... He's been on the show several times, you know, uh, definitely awesome dude status. But I, I really wanted to talk to him about this book that he and Lucas Mangum, shouts out, have coming out, uh, you know, on August 3rd. So we talked a lot of I wanted to talk to him about that. So we did that. And, of course, we talked to music and a bunch of other shit like we do. So... Um, yeah, but uh, Wes and um, Lucas have this new book. I'm stoked for it. I think it's going to be cool. So uh, here's a little bit of myself and Mr. Wesley Southerd. This is a book you wrote with friend of the show and friend of mine, Lucas Mangum, Texas boy, Texas uh, out of control, Texas forever. Um, and uh, it's it's take it away. This 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 uh, encapsulates a, a certain love the two of you share, oh, not oh. just for e- not just for each other. Uh, but you know a stylistic type of thing go talk to us about this book because i'm very interested
2: okay so at some point last year i couldn't tell you exactly when but it was in like the last quarter of the year on facebook author brian smith made a post and said something along the lines of if you had the chance to write a horror novelization to a, a novelization to a horror film that didn't already have a novelization what movie would you do and everybody was giving their answers this and that and this and that and this and that so right. I had and it, i'm sure I it was it was
0: like a I was there it was like a bevy yeah. of like friday the 13th part five friday the 13th yeah. part five it was so roy 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 he had roy. so many people <laughs> just saying like roy roy where's roy why not over. roy over. why not roy why not roy just because i happen to have Forty-eight separate Twitter accounts doesn't mean that I was the one that that, that commented. It's just he's in demand.
2: There you go. Well, hell, I sent you that really cool bust from KC. That, that was picture. fucking I badass, was, dude. That was pretty cool, actually. Very cool. Anyway, so go ahead. so I put. I would love to do a novelization of Lucio Fulci's City of the Living Dead. I love that movie. It's probably my favorite Fulci movie. Um. You know, I said that this movie is just weird enough where I feel like it. There's not a lot of explanation for stuff, but I feel like I could do a pretty solid job of 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 coming up with explanations for a lot of stuff because there's there's just a lot of really weird shit in that movie, Uh, and. And yeah, I was like, that'd be really cool. And then Lucas got on there and said, hey, "Hey, yeah, I would love to do one for the Beyond. I, you know, I feel like I could do a good job doing this and that and this and that." And and then we started going back and forth in our own thread about, "Oh yeah, man, you would make sure, it, like, it wouldn't it be cool if like we wrote like our own Folchi thing. Like we could do this and this and this, and we would we would have to make sure we had this type of Folchi trope and this trope and that trope." And we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and we got really excited about it. So then, a few weeks rolls by, and I'm like you know, that would be really fucking cool to do. Like, really, really cool. I would love to do something like that, but I was like, I don't know if if I'd want to or if I would have the time for it, or I don't know, like, maybe I could co-write it with somebody, and then I thought about what Lucas was saying, and I was like, yeah, like, Lucas and I, like, literally the first time Lucas and I met, he came to a, like, a local uh, show that we, like, me and Brian and, and, and Summer Cannon and... Kostniewski and some other people did here in in York, PA. And he came out because he's yeah, from Philadelphia. He's from, he's
0: from Philly. Yeah. That's right. He's, yeah.
2: Yeah. He's he was he he grew up in Philly. He was I think he was born in like California, but then grew up in Philly, but now lives in Texas. Um, so he up. came out. Yeah, he came out and, and hung out and we hung out for the night. And I remember like one of the last things he said to me was like, man, we got to write something together one day. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. And didn't really think much about it. But then I was like, you know what? We should write something. So let's let's do this. And then and I started talking to him about it, and I kind of pitched him a rough idea. We really got into it, and then we wrote the thing pretty quickly. And and what came out of it, it basically is so Fulci, Lucio Fulci. If you guys don't know who he is, was an Italian director uh, for decades and decades. I mean, he was born I think in the 1920s. You know, in the 1950s and 60s, he was doing a lot of like Italian comedies and Italian uh, dramas and musicals. And then by the 70s, he got into the Giallos, which are like kind of like the hyperviolent, like murder mysteries. And by the 80s, he was doing Giallo, or sorry, by the 70s, he was doing Giallos and Westerns. But then by the late 70s, he was brought in last minute to direct a movie called Zombie, which was supposed to be an unofficial sequel to Dawn of the Dead. So this movie ended up blowing up huge, and he ended up starting to do – he spent the rest of the 80s basically doing nothing but horror films. I mean he did some other kind of weird shit too. He did like a, like a kind of a Conan the Barbarian-type weird movie uh, called Conquest and did some other weird shit too, like Warriors of the Year 2072. But he, his, but he did this series of movies, these three movies called The Gates of Hell Trilogy, which consists of City of the Living Dead – the beyond and house by the cemetery. And they all kind of deal with these gates of hell and they're probably his most popular movies outside of, of zombie. So I really love all those movies. And I was like, man, like it'd be so cool to see one more movie in that trilogy, just one more. And we're never going to get that, but why don't we write that? Why don't we write that movie in prose form? Cause why the fuck not? Like we love this stuff so much. Him and I know that material in and out. So why not just do it? But we did. And we wrote a book called the final gate comes out on August 3rd. And we're both really, really fucking stoked about it. We got a cool publisher. Um, Ryan Harding wrote an amazing intro to this book. And, and I'll be completely honest with you. I think my, honestly, my favorite part of the book is the intro. His intro is fucking <laughs> fantastic. It's so good when he sent it to us. I read it like three times in a row I was like this is wow. amazing Because it's everything that you want in an intro to something just like this He lays out everything He talks about the history of Fulci He talks about the movies that, the, that this book is kind of pulling from And he gives explanations of everything and what to expect So it's sort of like a perfect intro for someone who's not um, as well versed in those movies As say like me and and Lucas and, and others are that really love his stuff so yes, it was absolutely perfect, and Brian Smith gave us a fucking great blurb too, a back cover blurb. Um, yeah, it's it's been such a fun book. Uh, all the all the advance reviews so far have been glowing, which is fantastic. So I didn't know what people were going to think about this, but Lucas and I are very very happy with it. I, I I'm really looking forward to what the general public thinks of it because it's it's pretty cool.
0: And if uh, since you bring up Brian Harding, uh, Lucas and and he also wrote uh, a book together that is a tribute to Italian Bava's horror, Demons. Bava, Bava's Demons. yes, uh, called Pandemonium, oh. but that's all wrestling based, mm-hmm. and it's a very very fun book. Like yeah. uh, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've read that one, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. I, I did the narration. This is not a shameless plug. I already talked about this on everything, but I did the narration and I really love that. Like, that's one of the ones I, I had so much fun because I would get down a page and because they do kill so many people, they throw in a lot of like characters that are just going to be in there for a couple of pages. And I'm yeah. like, trying to find a different voice for that i'm like going through the pages and I'm like okay fuck okay uh like how about that you know i'm just like going through <laughs> stuff because i want everyone to be completely different that you yeah. know has a has a, a a speaking role in that but they uh they really do pile up the bodies in that book uh for sure and i think it's a pretty good marriage between wrestling yeah. and uh the italian like the the demon series in oh, italian man, horror sure. it's a uh, very cool. Yeah, they, I, those guys know what they're doing. So, yeah. Oh, so it's more yeah, like you guys are all incestuously, uh, you know, banging Italian demons, it seems oh, like. Oh, absolutely,
2: which is, which man. Is cool. I, I, love, I love Italian horror. I, I, I've gotten more heavily into it over the last few years than more so, like, earlier in my life. But, like, demons, I didn't see demons until, like, a year and a half ago when Triana actually came out for uh, – uh New Year's Eve. He stayed with us over New Year's Eve and he made me sit down and watch it because I'd never seen it or heard of it. Yeah. And I I I'll, be, I'll admit I didn't really care for it the first time I watched it. And then I watched it about six months later, just on my own. And I was just like, holy shit, this movie fucking rules. And I watch it like on a fairly regular basis now, but damn, that first demons movie is so good. It's so good. It's it is so great. much fun.
0: Very, very cool. Um, yeah. one of my favorites as well, the Beyond also one of my favorites oh, um, yeah. that I, you know, connect connected with Lucas over and I, and I know I've known Lucas for a few years too. You, you know, he's been on the show. So if you listened along to along the show, you know, him, and he's in Austin. So he's like two hours away from me. So he yeah. and I, uh, hang out and do stuff when we can, but yeah, always, always, he's always been into, um, the Italian horror and, uh, you know, has a great appreciation and has strong knowledge for it as, yeah. you know, as you do. So I'm excited for this book, you know, I mean, I didn't get an advanced copy or anything like that, but that's cool. Like, I'm not in the celebrity room, so I'll just wait till it comes out like everybody else and I'll get in line and have, well, him sign hey, it
2: like if that. you were coming up, <laughs> if you were coming up to Gettysburg instead of going to Atlanta, you'd be able to get a copy from me. Sorry, dude. You're going to be in Atlanta again. I Atlanta. know. Atlanta. Oh, boy.
0: Atlanta, dude, I got. Oh, boy. I think I'm going to play in Atlanta as well. Oh, um, nice. With some bands, if not officially for the convention, it might be outside on the
2: sidewalk. It <laughs>
0: might be in your bathtub, Wes. Again, no, um oh. it might be like at a club, uh, but I'm gonna, I should be playing there too. But Atlanta, ha- Atlanta, I have to go back to because, like, yeah. uh, I, that's the first one I ever vended at with my shit was in atlanta you know yeah, okay. so i i can't not miss that and i got i got friends there in low places you know yeah and uh michael Lombardo, who i won't be seeing uh scared to care he, <laughs> he was there at that first time at, at atlanta with me so yeah um i'll no, have that I, card- I have. i'll have that cardboard cut out of him there too if you want to, you want to take pictures <laughs>
2: I have so much love for ATL, man. I lived down there for almost two years when I went to college. I, I love Atlanta so much. I'll never – I'd never want to live down there again. It's the worst traffic in the fucking country, and I will put that traffic up against any other fucking city's traffic. Atlanta is even, the worst fucking Even traffic. LA and shit? I will put it up against LA. Atlanta, 85, 75, and 285 is the worst fucking traffic I've ever been in in my life. It is horrendous. It made me not want to live down there anymore. It's so bad. It it's first. a fuck it's a fucking nightmare.
0: You heard it here everyone. Absolutely. 285 855 75. Tell <laughs> oh. so, you what know, So an oh, ass also food. so an ass food down there. Yeah, no, uh, I don't eat food but I've heard it's good. I know you don't. Uh but uh so back to the book you mentioned the publisher about how it's a great publisher. This publisher uh also does novels, publishes novelizations of movies. Mm-hmm which you know is near and dear to, you know, the vital social issues and stuff, family's heart. And, uh, what are they, what is their name again?
2: Cyclopocalypse publishing.
0: Cyclopocalypse. Very clever.
2: It's, um, it's a, it's a mouthful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Wes, if, uh, I know you can take a mouthful for sure. Well, right. Um, try. But they, they, uh, as we, we talked about before on like the other show, but they did the fright night novelization that John skip wrote. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Spe- skip inspector wrote that no right skip,
2: yeah skip inspector yeah
0: yeah so they did the novelization to the awesome movie fright night that you don't like for some reason but we're not I knew were gonna bring that up. not gonna talk about that on this show but they <laughs> okay, have it. let's stuff talk like- about it <laughs> all right why 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 do you hate joy Wes, okay, uh, why do you hate I, Joy? That's the perfect, one of the perfect vampire movies. It's got all this, you know, gay subtext too, which is very progressive and, you know, and you hate it. You hate progress, I guess, I, and Joy.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> look, I, I'm a huge 80s horror fan. Vampires are my favorite movie monsters. I love vampires. but and you love it. I have never liked Fright Night. I have never liked it near dark either. I think both movies are painfully overrated as far as vampire movies go. I think you the like best the vampire – I was about to say. Okay. I think The Lost Boys is the best vampire movie of the 80s, period, full stop. It's a fucking great movie. Yes, it's more It's more of a mainstream movie than like Near Dark was, I guess, and, and a few it's of the per- others a, that came out in the 80s. It's a perfect film. It's a, it's a fucking great movie. I love Lost Boys, but Boys is a perfect. Eighties, the eighties um, the 80s, the 80s were the decade of the werewolf. I'm not a werewolf fan, but they were the decade of the werewolf. The nineties were the decade of the vampires. There are so many better vampire movies in the nineties
0: than Fright Night.
2: Than Fright Night. Name I honestly. Name name a half of one.
0: All oh, right, And that was my man Wesley Southerd. Be sure to check him out uh, at all of his social medias and be sure to get on uh, the tip with uh, the new book he and Lucas Mangum have coming out uh, and all the stuff that he has going on. I'll be actually a couple more conventions with Wes. I'm going to see him this weekend at Scares That Care. Um, then uh, he and I are going to table together in Maryland at Monster Mania and then we'll be in the Oklahoma City uh, thing Uh with death press. I forgot when it was, but, uh, that's going to be great. So, um, please, please check them out. Check out both of my wonderful guests, uh, on the awesome dude show. And, uh, if you want to listen to the rest of those episodes and, and check out all the other goodies, please go to patreoncom slash John Wayne is dead. And it is much appreciated. Oh, speaking of much appreciated, I forgot to say this is the top of the show. I even ha- I even wrote it down, but, um, very cool. Um, on the on the tip of being um appreciative, like we like you know we were just talking about. Uh, this was awesome. This is a very first for me. Um, the weekend of uh, October sixteenth, seventeenth, something like that. Uh, I will be at the Oklahoma City Collectors Con as a guest of the convention, where uh you know they they picked up your boy's table throwing us some gas money and hotel room all taken care of the first time all three of those things have been taken care of and very very excited very appreciative uh thank you uh shouts out to Dakota for helping me with that and I am excited uh it, it's like this it's like a more of a pop culture con I know like I've talked about how those can be hit or miss for the horror author uh it, person like myself. But you know me; I'm always uh, up for a challenge, and I think that uh, it's going to be great. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on that. But I just wanted to—I um, was excited, so I was very excited about that. So anyway, there you go. Uh, again, Patreon.com/slash John Wayne is dead. Uh, check out these wonderful dudes. Now let's get into our story portion of the day. Uh, you know, I don't remember where this story came to me or or how, but. Uh, We'll just get into it. Uh, this one is called Rims for All. So um, one thing about Houston that is, I feel, is pretty well known um, around the the area of this nation is that we have um, a most excellent hip hop scene and uh, a lot of great rap artists and hip hop artists have come out of Houston and a lot of you know even local and regional acts are uh do very well. We have we have a very strong hip hop uh, scene here uh and it's great. Now, it didn't just start like 10 years whenever you know whenever everyone started like, "Oh, Houston has rap." Oh, look, it's Paul Wall and Air. They're good. Yeah, bitch, we know they're good. We live here. Um so before everyone kind of started recognizing this shit this shit was going on forever forever since I was a kid and the way that uh, I say all this to say like there's also a huge car culture linked with you know with hip-hop that's everywhere right but in Houston especially I mean we have certain songs about you know the slabs our slabs and our rims and all that kind of stuff love it love it love it but for me that all that kind of started when I was in middle school um, I think it was like in seventh grade, maybe, maybe it started in sixth because I remember, uh, it was, so I have a buddy, his name is Danny Petchel, uh, shouts out to him. Uh, my friend, uh, I, I have, I did get to see him recently before the pandemic happened at a show. Um, but we went to high so we went to all schools together and we just, we, you know, kind of bumped into each other a few times since school's been out, but he, please check him out. Um, he he does custom lowrider bicycles, and they are amazing. These are award-winning ones, like ones that he like he builds, you know, for certain people, or he builds these show bikes, drives it up to Vegas, uh, for the weekend, and comes home with a first place trophy and a, and a w- wad of cash. You know, like this is that like his legit kind of shit, which fucking makes me ecstatic. Like I'm so happy to see that it's so awesome because. He was the one who introduced me to Lowrider Magazine when I was in middle school. So how old are you in middle school? Like 13, 14 around that area. Um so, if th- for those of you who are not acquainted with what Lowrider magazine is, or what even a lowrider is, uh, you know, a lowrider is a-, a car, typically, you know, an old Cadillac or you know Impala, those kind of ones you hear. Um, it can be a new car too, but whatever. Like traditionally, it's like a cu- like a throwback model of a car that's been lowered to the ground, like you know, very low, all the suspension or whatever. However, they do that. Usually it's got like a fucking primo candy paint job and an, and the tires, the tires are either going to be big or small and the rims are going to be jamming. Like, you know, Dayton's was a huge thing. Dayton's, so, okay, so that's what the Lowrider is. And this magazine was dedicated to that, to uh, show cars like, you know, how to do certain things on your own Lowrider. Here's some new shit that's going to come out. You know, it's just one of those th- those type of things. It's a car lowrider car magazine, and uh, he he had those, and I, I had no idea what this was at all. I had no, I mean, I don't know how I would have been exposed to that otherwise. Uh, and and while these magazines also, um, you know, they have the the you know ladies posing on the, and on the car, I can definitely see you dancing at an auto show on a car. You're Like. Like that type of thing. And, you know, they're in the bikinis and stuff. And that's that's great because they're hot. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're also like, hee, hee, hee. But that, while that was a great thing, um, it, I was really taken by these cars in a sense of, like, I wanted one. I still want one. That is my goal to have uh, before I die as a lowrider. But, um, and the rims, like I was saying, you know, in a lot of some of the songs, you hear 20-inch rims on the Impala. That means they're 20-inch for twenty inch tires are usually like twenty twos is a big one. You know, <clears throat> they had the spinning blades several years ago. That was kind of a fad with rims. back when i back when I first started getting into the low rider stuff, it was Dayton's. Dayton's, Daytons, Daytons, Daytons Dayton's. I think like Dr. Dre had been singing about them, and they were all the thing. And Daytons are like this spoked rim that had uh, like a kind of a cool cap on like the emblem that all the spokes came to. So they, you know, came out away from your car and there were some that were gold. There were some that were silver, a couple of variations on the style, but generally they all looked, they had that Dayton's look. Right. And, uh, that was pretty much probably the crown gem for a lot of people's low riders would be to have those, those rims on it. Um, but rims you must have, uh, if you are going to do it right. So I was like, i don't know you know i was also like i was i did start listening to rap like every other white suburban kid did you know in the early 90s when it started to break um break through so i i then i like would hear songs i'd like oh that's what they're talking about and it was kind of like an uh aha moment but uh i don't know like otherwise i just this just happened to fall into my lap we were i remember we're just in gym class and i don't know it was one of those things where we weren't doing something or maybe we had free day or maybe they were like checking us for lice or some shit so we weren't even dressed out and we were just sitting on the wall waiting to do whatever we had to do and danny had these you know bust out the lowrider magazine starts looking at him that and then i'm like what the fuck is this and he explains it all to me and i am instantly in love so this is you know the kind of stuff that when you're, you know, a kid and you're like, oh man, my first car, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Uh, you know, we definitely put together wish list, like, uh, you know, models daily. You know, you'd be like, okay, I, I'm, gonna get th- I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have this year Impala, and I'm gonna slam it to the ground, I'm gonna put, uh, you know, some bags on it, so with jumps, I'm gonna, buck-a-ba-ba. you know, you would do all that and just be like, yeah, that's the one I want, that would be cool, that would be cool. It, but like, these things are just astronomically expensive. Um, I mean, maybe not astronomically, but extremely expensive. You cannot just—you don't go into a showroom and buy uh, a lowrider car. You know, this is—you got to find the old car that you want, and it's old, so you got to get fixed up. You—you you know, you got to get the engine going, or maybe get a whole new engine. You definitely got to get a whole paint job. You know, replace a lot of parts. I imagine get the wheels. I mean, it's a whole thing, and it is—it's <clears throat> expensive. And I'm sure there are people who. I know there are people who that's their deal. Man, they love to tear apart an old car and make them the low rider and send it off uh, in there. I, I don't know how to do it. I have no capacity for being handy in any way, uh, especially when it would come to a car. So it was never that I was going to sit around and build one. But I just sure would like to have one built for me. And I still would. Uh, I, I promise. This is something uh, to this day. I just want a low rider so bad. I think it would be pimp as shit. Um, pimp C. S.D.P. Uh, but, so, anyway, I, I got into it. We build, like, you know, our fantasy cars. I start going to the stop-and-go in my neighborhood and buying lowrider magazines. That, also, famously, the stop-and-go I would go to to play Street Fighter Part 1. Because they had the arcade there, and uh, save my lunch money by not eating during the week uh, as many days as I could to go play video games on the weekend. So this was the same stop and go, and I would buy some lowrider magazines from there. And I, you know, I, I didn't have as many as uh, you know Danny and or whoever and maybe whoever else you know was kind of hanging out at that time and into it too. But I got mine, and I I was, you know, I was very very into it. Going like moving forward, it wasn't even like a like a passing fad. It wasn't like a or a passing fancy, like kind of the way I am with tattoos. I didn't just like get a couple and like, oh, well, I guess, you know, no, I'm super into, I got super into it. I'm super into tattoos, you know, and I, you know, like playing the guitar, it wasn't just a, you know, something I was going to try and then give up, you know, and now I'm just entrenched in music. Uh, take it, I just take it super far. So the things I like to get into, I like to get into. So moving forward, you know, I, you know, I eventually, when I'm 16, I get this truck. I've told the story about how I wrecked it. Um, it's on here. Uh, you can go back and check that out. Uh, but after that, I had, um, I had a couple of S10 pickup trucks. I had two red ones. The, then the Chevy S10 pickup trucks were like a smaller kind of truck, like a Ford uh, Ranger or something. they was like a smaller single cab. But um, that year, like uh, whatever this was, late 90s, I believe, the Chevy changed the design, so those trucks now like had this kind of sleekness to them and like a rounded off uh, edges and stuff, and they were very cool. I, um, I had one for a while, but the second one I had, i mean, I just, I know because like my dad would do shit where he would like trade this car in at the last second to get th- and get this one, and then you know, and since we had like an extra vehicle with mine or something, we were he was doing those kind of things to get better deals. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I'm not good at that stuff either. But I know that we ended up switching that out for him. He got a new car and then we switched that out to like a, a newer model of truck for me. Um, but it was still, the, it, I mean, it was exactly the same. It was red, it was standard, um, it had the little jump seat, back seat in there. Um, and I loved it. That, that truck was badass, dude. Like I said, it looked good because it had that new body design. And one of the things I wanted was like, man, I want to get some rims in, on my fucking truck, man. That would be awesome. I'd I'd been wanting to get rims since I was since the first truck I got. So, you know, now again. It was the same thing. I was just looking at magazines, or you know, there was even shops like in the neighborhood and stuff. Go like look, just look at rims. Who does that? I don't know, but I was doing it then. And uh, they're just so expensive. Like rims are just goddamn expensive, dude. You're talking like you can pay up to it. Like, I mean. per rim or something like they get even more than that. I'm sure like it's, it's really nuts. But, um, you know, sometimes these places, these shops, as I say, you know, they're tire and rim shops. They have these sales where they, I guess like they got to move inventory. They're getting some new shit and they, they got to get rid of these. So there was this company called Centerline, which was also very cool rims. You know, they had a, a, like a cool logo and they were just, you know, all, fucking polished, chrome, silver, you know, shiny. Um, and, th- you know, they were also a brand that I liked uh, as far as the the look of those rims. And I remember that one of the stores that I would go in and look was having a huge sale one day on this, on, you know, all Centerline products or whatever. And while these weren't, like in my price range they were more in my price range than maybe anything else uh had been and they were center lines they were then it's clearly silver and they like blocked out uh like I believe my whole rim it was just like a silver fucking plate and you know it looked badass with the engravings and stuff very very cool rims so I think like, I went home and I, I brought it up to my dad that you know hey these rims are on sale I'm like really trying to get them but they're they're this much and uh, you know, I only have about this much now, but, uh, you know, and I'm just, just talking or whatever. And he's like, oh, all right. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like something cool. Like, you know, and I'm thinking he's like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much stupid. That's waste, wasting my money. I know. um, But like smash cut to a couple days later on the weekend, my dad's like, hey, let's go look at those rims you were talking about that were on sale. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, let's go check them out. So we went up, uh, went up to the shop and checked them out. And uh, they were expensive. I, I think I want to say if I had to guess, I can. I honestly cannot remember, but if I had to put a little ballpark guess together, I would say they were $1,500 for the set of four uh, plus installation or whatever. And I maybe had like five or $600 at that time that I could throw at it. Now, I also have like zero bills or responsibilities at this time. I'm like 16 years old and 17 or something and just working at Kroger and fucking living at home, you know, going to school. So I had that money to throw around. Like, what the fuck am I going to do with it? So I didn't think my dad would go. I thought we were just going to look and be like, all right, well, I guess, you know, maybe when they go down or maybe give an idea. But no, he was like, all right, let's get them. We'll throw, I'll throw in the rest and we'll get these tires. We'll get, we'll get them. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I was like, holy shit, dude. And there's one of those things where you gotta like, yeah, do it quick before like he comes out of this stroke that he's having or whatever this is, you know, this fog of, uh, delirium that he's existing in right now. I'm like, did you get hit on the head dad? Actually don't answer that. Just pay for the rims. No, no. Um, I, I, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, Daryl dad stepped in to do something nice and I, I, appreciate it very much, but, uh, yeah. So I, I got, these badass fucking rims on my car. And boy, my truck. Boy, howdy, was I happy. I was, like, the happiest. I, I would just drive. I mean, like, a white kid in the suburbs just driving my S10 around the neighborhood because I got new rims on it. And, man, I would keep those shits. like poly, I would, I'm pretty good about this with my current vehicle uh, as well um, as far as it, keeping it clean goes. Uh, but, yeah, I would ritually what ritualistically wash and detail this truck like every weekend depending on my work schedule you know either saturday when i got home from work or in the morning before i went i would just wash the whole thing my and my dad also would go to town with like cleaning products we always had a fuck ton of cleaning products in the garage particularly when it came to your the vehicles so we would have like this kind of wash with uh then the afterglow mist you know wash and then the fuck you wash and like a you know uh bob's your uncle like you did all these different things and of course he had wax and uh, i I did wax my truck a couple times but yeah i would just get it super clean you know rinse i mean dry it all with the chamois so it doesn't fucking get you know no streaks and then i would always have the tire poly like the tire spray that made your tires look like just look wet it's called like tire shine or wet tire or something like that I still use it today and then I had like this fucking polish for the rims and uh you know special polish and I would just polish those bitches up man and make them look clean and uh I loved it I loved 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 it um then uh I had that truck for a while for a few years I went I ended up going to taking that that uh to college with me to Sam Houston State uh, eat them up, cats, meow, and uh, I just, you know, all, all the time I took with these, all the love I put into them, all those years ago, I remember coming home to my apartment complex in Huntsville, and parking is all, you know, I, a lot of people can relate to this, parking at, at, at apartment complexes can kind of suck a lot of times, depending, sometimes it's okay, but you know, especially if you're tr- you get home at night, you want the spot that's like by closest to your building or your unit, and all of those are going to be taken, of course. So there are there are certain like uh, spaces where you could park along the curb uh, of the the parking areas. So there was one of those open, and I remember I just, like, pulled in to the you know and went, and I just as I was pulling up, it, it my tire just went, and I you know pulled away from the curb real quick. I don't know if I, I just wasn't paying attention or just cut it too close. And uh, I got out and looked and like the, the back passenger back passenger side rim was just had this big scrape along the, the edge of it. It was just like. And I was like, God damn it. And I was probably furious for about 0.5 seconds. And then I was like, bah, fuck it. What am I going to do? You know, <laughs> so that shows you the uh, kind of coming and going of, of certain things like that. I've never had. Uh, any kind of custom rims or wheels or anything on my on my cars since then um, but I am a fan of them I'm v- I'm very much I don't know anything about cars I don't know how to build them or, or make them or fix them but I sure do like me some lowriders so yeah um, and uh, I don't think I was I even told my dad I, I scratched them. I was just like oh time well when it's time to get rid of this truck uh, I don't know what happened you know so 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 we live uh so we live so it goes Say la vie uh what a time i i still have not gotten uh my low rider car but i uh i think it's uh it's definitely a possibility and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep reaching for those stars and swing low sweet chariot All right. Hey, there we go. A uh, little low rider rim story there. Rim job. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you guys for joining me for another week uh, of the show. I appreciate you guys so, so, so much. Don't forget to check out my Patreon. Patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead for all kinds of goodies on those tiers uh, and including the Oh, the dollar beer club for $1 a month. You get access to the awesome dude for life boner bonus podcast and throw some change in your uncle Johnny's pocket for some jangling walking around money. And I appreciate it so, so much. Go to com for all my show dates. Um, If I'm coming to your city if uh, if you're going to be at one of the cons that i'm at hit me up we will have a beer at the booth we'll hang out we'll chat it's going to be great uh also at johnwayneisdead.com go to my store page you can get uh all of my books records t-shirts everything that i have up there uh comes from me so i will sign all the stuff i'll send you extra goodies and uh take care of you because i appreciate you so much so uh don't forget to also follow me at John is Dead on Instagram and Twitter and uh, you know, hey, let's uh, spread the word of uh, being cool to each other and stuff and I will see you guys out on the road.